You're listening to Age of Reason, brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Will we ever understand this complex genius, this visionary thinker? Will we ever get this close again? Uniting the forces of our universe. Hey everyone and welcome to Age of Reason. This is episode 38. Today is January 25th, 2019. And uh, this will be a two-part episode where I talk about climate change and especially overpopulation. It's a good, interesting issue because a lot of people don't even uh, talk about it or they think about it and then they kind of ignore it. So anyway, it's always good to see actual articles on the topic. Uh, before I start the show, please, I just want to remind you to check out my merchandise on Redbubble and as well as my book Beyond the Obscure that is available on Amazon in both print and ebook. So today's article title, uh, again, it's just one part. So first part, overpopulation looming, planetary disaster outranks all other issues. Uh, yeah, to me, that's interesting because climate change is a huge, huge issue. And there's a, uh, there's a bunch of issues related to it. Uh, they're all affected by one another. It's like a chain, you know, once you start fiddling around with one part of the chain, then another part somewhere else is affected. And perhaps you don't even know about it, or perhaps you don't want to affect that part, and yet it is. And uh, I think this is an issue that should get attention, uh, much more attention on, you know, the media, for example, and yet we we don't really see that. In fact, uh, like I said uh, a couple of shows ago, uh, you know, CNN, for example, is very, very happy to cut away from a climate change section um, if it favors some of their agenda. That's how it works. Readers of my work may recall a previous op-ed in June in which I repeated my concern about overpopulation as the root cause of disasters now pending as closer to apocalypse for our planet than ever before. And this is actually related to the other article that I will cover next week. CFPUP has so effectively chronicled the adverse effects of powerful monotheistic religions influence have had on what should be secular matters, perhaps most critically on issues of reproductive choice, which has curtailed adequate progress in curbing population growth. Going from about 2 billion people on the planet in 1931, we now have nearly 8 billion humans on our plundered planet many living under conditions of great distress. When I was a student in, back in high school, uh, that was like, you know, 20, over 20 years ago, I already, even without actually really having studied this topic in particular, I was already saying things like, um, wow, we are overpopulated and there, there's way too many people. And uh, at the time, my, my parents were actually a very bit skeptical about that. Uh, they were saying, ah, it's all right. It's, you know, it, it will sort itself out. Um, but I noticed that the tone now, again, two decades later, has, has shifted a bit. And now they're listening to me a little bit more, and they should. 
Um, we'll talk about this population growth in a second, but um, I was thinking about that the other day because I was preparing the show, obviously. And if you think about the past century, the, 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 of course, there were world wars. Yeah, that's a huge, two huge events in the world. And another huge event was the Green Revolution an agricultural revolution that allowed uh, basically new farming techniques and more and more people could be fed. The, the problem is like, do we want that actually? Uh, can we sustain it? And apparently we can't. Doubtless we are all watching the fires in California and the flooding from historic rainfalls here and around the planet as urgent harbingers of dangerous climate change. Despite claims of fake news emanating from our president and the doxies who follow his increased rantings. Well, that, okay, that I can't debate with that. Trump is definitely a Twitter machine. Uh, there's a, there's a, somebody who keeps a count of all the lies that he says. And, and it's like in well into the hundreds. I mean, it's maybe into the over a thousand already since, since the day that he became president. So yeah, there's that. And the other thing is, um, people in, in his cabinet, a lot of them, uh, that actually affects Democrats as well, okay? It's not just one side of the aisle. But a lot of these people, they're actually bought by uh, fossil fuel industries. So the fossil fuel lobbyists give money to, you know, these senators and governors or whatever. And then these people vote for the fossil fuel industry. So yeah, they are voting against the people, absolutely. And then to, to make matters even worse, uh, then people continue to vote against their best interests as well. So it, it's like a, it's a double cycle. However, just as the commentators on the left, the mention of the primary driver of our glo growing global pain, population growth, gets virtually no mention. After all, there is so much other vital news to consume, such as the Paul Manafort trial and whether or not Mr. Trump colluded with the Russians. Now, I would say that this person wrote this particular part sarcastically. I would. But I know that because I cut it out here, I know that the next part actually continues and it's, it's real. I mean, that person is actually convinced that uh, there is something in there and, and there might be. Uh, I'm not saying that there isn't, but... At this point, it's kind of a conspiracy theory, don't, don't you think? And the media spends so much time and attention on this when really we're listening to the same people that, you know, drove us into the Iraq war uh, based on lies, absolute lies, just fabricated uh, facts, as they call it. Def definitely an alternative reality right there. And now we're supposed to just believe them because they say something that, that's weird. I mean, obviously, I understand that, you know, organizations need to rebuild their reputation at one point or another, but uh, I just really don't, don't see this. And again, you have to look for the evidence. All I hear is, you know, bombshell here, bombshell here. It's the beginning of the end, the beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. And this has been going on for two years, okay? They've been saying it's the beginning of the end two years ago. And then suddenly they start to say it again a couple of months ago. If, it's, if it was the beginning of the end, shouldn't it end already? So this is a relevant graph here because it shows the population growth of 
going back to 1850 up to very recently and it's it's a curve of population right next to co2 emission and you'll notice that they go hand in hand the, I, the, there is no uh, magic here it, it's absolutely common sense every human being consumes things so we're all responsible for the emissions one way or another i for example often shop online and i will buy something from china but i don't pay an extra tax for that i should and i gladly would if there was such a thing but there isn't so i pay money for you know some dirty industry in china to produce my goods then they most likely use a very inefficient a way of transportation to bring that thing to a shipping center and then you know that gets loaded on an airplane and that that's a whole other topic right there airplanes are another huge driver of of of, CO, of emissions i should say and i don't pay extra for that there, there is no extra tax for that and yet just by purchasing something from china i've done a lot of harm and you know this is just one example there are certain examples where I don't contribute to it. I, for example, don't go out because I'm, I'm very sick right now. It's very difficult for me to go outside. So that means that I, I don't even use public transportation. I go shopping once a week and that's it. I use, I use the heater though. I use electricity. I use my computers and my cell phone and whatnot. All of that is part of the problem now i admit that and for a lot of people they don't even care they don't even think twice about it uh, we take it for granted that uh, when we switch on the light you know it will come on um, if we turn the tap on the faucet there will be water clean water most likely although in the u.s of course there is lead poisoning as well so but anyway we kind of take these things for granted and 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 the other thing is like people don't want to take responsibility um th this is a, a very weird uh shift recently and i noticed that everywhere even in sports um you you can't criticize your players anymore these days or they will stop performing for you and then you know the manager gets the sack that's a very strange thing and also in schools for example now you you can't blame the students oh the students are holy you can't touch them uh so now what do you do you blame the teacher and then the teacher gets fired maybe the teacher is a good teacher but maybe you just don't like him so then he's or she is out and i don't think that's the way to, to deal with life i i just don't see that at all we need to take responsibility uh, this is just a related article here. It says the world is losing the war against climate change. And there's a picture here of uh, people fighting uh, fire. Uh, this picture comes from a movie called uh, Before the Flood, uh, hosted by Leo DiCaprio. I mentioned it in my top 10 list of movies that I watched last year. Uh, this is a picture from Indonesia. So you can see that they're basically destroying the forests and uh, they're they're clearing the land for well what they grow in indonesia is is palm oil palm oil so palm trees and 
Well, palm trees are a, a huge problem in, in themselves, of course, uh, but you have to also look at the industry that it goes to. Uh, what is palm oil used for? Uh, it's used for stuff like makeup, um, uh, potato chips. And I'm just thinking, well, you can definitely live without potato chips, okay? For, for sure. There, there is no argument there. Like, you don't need to put that crap in your body. Uh, with makeup, well, look, it's a bit more difficult, but again, you can avoid using palm oil. That's the thing. Uh, here's another picture. This is kind of zoomed out picture. So now we see how uh, deforestation is progressing. Uh, just more and more areas are cleared out to make space for, uh, again, palm trees probably in this case. All of that is for short-term profit. So, you know, these people like Bol Bolsonaro in Brazil, they don't care about the the big picture, uh, 10, 20, 30 years. These people only care about tomorrow. And unfortunately, most people in the world only think about tomorrow. It's, it's just as if you look away from your face and the only thing you can see is the tip of your nose, but you can't see anything beyond that. And that's very unfortunate. But this is even more zoomed out so we can see just how, um, you know, clearing the land progresses. And, and clearing the land, and in this case, it's forest areas. Well, first of all, it's bad because it's reducing oxygen. And secondly, of course, there's a lot of CO2 that's trapped under the trees. So once you burn that area, you don't just release the CO2 from the fire. You also release all the CO2 that was trapped in the soil. So it's, a, again, a double effect. The world has warmed more than one degree Celsius since the Industrial Revolution. Uh, the Paris Climate Agreement, the non-binding, unenforceable and already unheeded treaty signed on Earth Day in 2016, hoped to restrict warming to two degrees. The odds of succeeding, according to a recent study based on current emission trends, are 1 in 20. If by some miracle we are able to limit warming to two degrees, we will only have to negotiate, yeah, the key word here, only. We will only have to negotiate the extension of the world's tropical reefs, which, by the way, I think the latest statistic is 99% um, of the coral population is bleached already, so we're very close to it already. Sea level rise of several meters and the abandonment of the Persian Gulf. The climate scientist James Hansen has called two-degree warming a prescription for long-term disaster. Long-term disaster is now the best case scenario. Three degree warming is a prescription for short term disaster, forests in the Arctic and the loss of most coastal cities. So yeah, people living in New York, uh, you'd better get your shit together because once you're underwater, then it's too late. Y you, you can't build walls everywhere. I know wall is a popular thing right now, but that is not gonna save you. And unfortunately here, even here, they already say that the two degree warming is a best case scenario. So we already failed technically. Technically speaking, we already effed up there. Robert Watson, a former director of the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has argued that three degree warming is the realistic minimum. Four degrees Europe in uh, permanent drought, vast areas of China, India, and Bangladesh claimed by the desert. Uh, Bangladesh is, by the way, 
just above seawater or something. So I heard that even uh, a one meter rise for them, uh, most of the country will be flooded. Again, unusable for people. Polynesia swallowed by the sea. The Colorado River thinned to a trickle. The, Amer the American Southwest largely uninhabitable. The prospect of a five degree warming has prompted some of the world's leading scientists to warn of the end of human civilization. And given all the crap that people put the planet through and all the wildlife through, honestly, I don't feel um, any emotion if the human race go goes away. I mean, seriously. Nearly everything we understand about global warming was understood in 1979. By that year, data collected since 1957 confirmed what had been known since before the turn of the 20th century. Human beings have altered Earth's atmosphere through the indiscriminate burning of fossil fuels. So we, we've known that for a while. This is, again, you know, people make it as if it's some kind of new issue. Politicians started talking about this as if it's a new issue. But the, the data has been available uh, for quite a few decades now. But the coordinated effort to bewilder the public did not begin in earnest until the end of 1989. During the preceding decade, some of the largest oil companies, including Exxon and Shell, made good faith efforts to understand the scope of the crisis and grapple with possible solutions. So the fossil fuel industry, of course, is notorious for misleading the people, misinforming the people. And they're actually using the same tactics uh, as the tobacco industry used back then. Uh, they have fake experts. They cherry pick the data. And, uh, you know, they, they mislead the, the information. I mean, they, they confuse the information on purpose. But again, people don't do any extra research. So they don't know about this. They, they kind of take it on faith. It was understood that action would have to come immediately. At the start of the 1980s, scientists with the federal government predicted that conclusive evidence of warming would appear on the global temperature record by the end of the decade, at which point it would be too late to avoid disaster. More than 30% of the human population lacked access to electricity. Billions of people would not need to attain the American way of life in order to drastically increase global carbon emissions. A light bulb in every village would do it. So I was curious and I looked it up. Now, I have a lot of time to do research because I don't have a full-time job. That's the difference between me and a lot of other people. I spend a lot of time doing research because I have the time to do that, to really just absolutely without any other worry, uh, just sit down and calmly read information and study things. Uh, I take courses on Coursera often or edX. I educate myself. Because I have the time. A lot of people don't have the time. And that's the reality. But I did check it. And so how bad is the world's situation right now? Well, according to this page, 50% uh, of people are in a big trouble. More than 3 billion people live on less than $2.50 uh, a day. More than 1.3 billion live in extreme poverty less than 1.25 cents a day, and 1 billion children worldwide are living in poverty. So, again, difficult debate because for me, the easiest solution is just to depopulate the world one way or another. 
I mean, obviously, I mean through population control. We need to implement some. The religious way is to uh, multiply. I mean, be fruitful and multiply, which is one of the most poisonous idea in, in the Bible, if you think about it. And the other thing, of course, well, I worked in some places in the U.S., and there, there was a lot of food that's thrown out in the garbage bin every time. So, obviously, it's good food. You know, people could eat that food, but to get that food from point A to point B, you'd need to have some kind of way to transport it, and somebody has to pay for that, and nobody wants to pay for that. So that way, uh, we end up with a lot of waste. Uh, just uh, it goes straight to the garbage. So we do have some extra reserves, uh, but it's not allocated properly due to logistical issues. So then the solution is perhaps to really educate the, the people in poorer countries because poorer people have more children. And that's perhaps... Uh, um, a point that we should address. If the world had adopted the proposal widely endorsed at the end of the 1980s, a freezing of carbon emissions with a reduction of 20% by 2005, warming could have been held to less than 1.5 degrees. We're already way past that. The inaugural chapter of the climate change saga is over. In a chapter, call it apprehension, we identified the threat and its consequences. We spoke with increasing urgency a self-delusion of the prospect of triumphing against long odds. But we did not seriously consider the prospect of failure. We understood what failure would mean for global temperatures, coastlines, agricultural yield, immigration patterns, the world economy, etc. But we have not allowed ourselves to comprehend what failure might mean for us. So th this is classic human psychology. First, we have to deny the problem, pretend it doesn't exist, doesn't affect us, um, and then we, we come to accept it, but we were not at that stage yet. We, we don't, when I say we, I'm not even talking about myself because I studied this stuff. I understand it. I get it. When I say we, it's most people who don't really read into that at all. These people don't understand, uh, even the, the things related to climate change. So they, they, can't move even to the acceptance stage. That we came so close as a civilization to breaking our suicide pact with fossil fuels can be credited to the efforts of a handful of people, among them a hyperkinetic lobbyist and a guileless atmospheric physicist who, at great personal cost, tried to warn humanity of what was coming. They risked their careers in a painful, escalating campaign to solve the problem first in scientific reports, later through conventional avenues of political persuasion, and finally with a strategy of public shaming. Their efforts were shrewd, passionate, robust, and they failed. What follows is their story and ours. So this goes back to what I was saying a little while ago. Um, you, uh, people don't want to take any blame these days at all. We live in this very strange kind of environment where... Uh, people can never be blamed anymore. Everybody's just gone like super soft and oversensitive over everything. So you, you, you can't be blamed or, you know, these people start to cry and make drama and you don't want that. So you just don't tell them off. 
All right, and that's it for today's show. Uh, thanks for joining me and join me next week for part two of this episode. I uh, just want to remind you again, if you enjoy what I do, please support the show by getting merchandise from Redbubble. There's a bunch of different posters there for all sorts of tastes. Uh, please also get my book, Beyond the Obscure. It's available on Amazon in print and ebook. All the links are available in the description. Thank you and see you next time.